Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously. Give them a click and help us earn a little bit. Lastly, we've recently set up a Patreon page. We've got a few rewards for our patrons so far, and we plan to bring more as time goes on. Visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you for your continued support, and let's get to the show. Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective, presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. We may seem a little down this beginning of the podcast. That's because we just recorded for like 40 minutes and it apparently wasn't recording at all so that was pretty cool lost to the nether yeah so we're gonna try to recapture that glory we lost to f- fucking nothing anyways today we're gonna review a book and a half we're gonna do two books but basically one full review those books are book of the damned which is kind of a unique little find but not really warranting at all its own podcast and then, of course, the Torador clan book or clan book Torador. <laughs> you are right over I'm there. good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so before we get into the books, I just want to touch on a, a question that we received in a segment we like to call. Deep in the Warrens with Nate and Bob. Brett sends us an email and he compliments us to no end. I won't waste your time with that. That's for us. His actual question. (laughs) I've only played Vampire the Masquerade a couple of times and would love a chance to delve deeper into that world. One major limitation is that I live in New Zealand and finding people who know the game is not easy. For this reason, I'm extra intrigued by the game you guys are developing. What game is that that we're developing? It's called Curse of Cain. We'll get to it. I would love to know more about your plans. Will our time zone differences be a problem? And will my lack of knowledge or experience with Vampire exclude me from getting involved? All right. To address kind of in reverse. Yeah. Lack of knowledge, not a problem. No. The point is, is that you have a desire to learn more. That's kind of what the storyteller's job is, is that you're going to get in, you're going to get an experience, you're going to get going. There's going to be key themes and whatnot. We're even going to do a little synopsis uh, at the beginning, kind of a little chat room where you could jump in and kind of ask questions as you get them. So we can drop down and answer those questions. We're going to have a lot of points like that, depending on game flow. Obviously, if we're involved in the scene, we got to be respectful of those in the scene, but we'll get to you. Right. Um, also, you can message us. Doesn't matter, And that's the beauty of Discord that we're using. We can be in the middle of talking to somebody right now and you can message us and we see it and we know you had right. something. We'll see it and get back to you as soon as we can. That being said, time zone differences. Well, the goal of Curse of Cain is to be open to the world. Right. 
it's the answer to that question we've heard quite a bit, which is, man, if wish I knew what area you guys were in, wish I was close, wish I was there. Well, consider us the wish master, and we're giving you, hopefully, not a bad wish come true. Right. And that's that's the idea. And, Our- um, so that doesn't really address the timetable, but the idea behind the timetable is that, yes, there'd be a little bit of juggling. Um, we may have to set up specific days where we're going to state that we're going to be on and set times to address certain time zones. But more likely than not, you're going to find that we're going to be able to match that agreement right. at the very least. And you're also going to have, because unique to Discord, is it works on most phones. And that's uh, being Apple and Android, definitely. Right now, not Windows phones. Sucks for me. So, But it threads through your phone. So it's going to be like a chat room. And being the fact that some of it's text-based, some of it's going to be you know face-to-face, depending on timetable, you're going to get out what you put into this. Right. You can do voice on it, too. So, I mean, th- th- I've only noticed... Someone rang the bell. <laughs> I've only noticed very small limitations, things that like I can't do on the phone that I, I can do on a, a computer. So more often than not, we're going to be able to still talk, chat. And here's the other thing, too. What we're noticing is that some of the people that have already vested uh, into this game that are already members in our Patreon, <clears throat> they're a little hardcore, and uh, um, not hardcore bad, hardcore no, like, like hardcore we, good, we like can, they're see your own. <clears throat> they're they're on frequently. Uh, our our utility muffin labs Discord, it's like uh, pretty constantly hopping. There's a select core group of people that are on pretty much all the time. So as far as role playing is concerned, if you're overseas, we will work with you to make sure that you get your money's worth. Now, if your money's worth is we, we need to be on 24 uh, seven, well, you know, we might have to have a talk, but, deep pockets. <laughs> but we can, we can definitely get you a couple hours a week if it's worth it to you. And, you know, you can definitely invest, take a look at it, watch it, you know, as a, just a, you know, bystander and observe the game and see if it works for you. See if it's something that you're willing to try. And uh, if it's something you'd enjoy and go from there. You know, the best the best thing to do is get with us, hop on that Discord and talk to us because we're pretty much there all the time, and we'll go from there. So, hopefully that answers your question. In addition to that, within the next week or two, you will have a packet available to you. We, we're going to post a, uh, a blog post on our website that's going to have all the information about the game, about what's going on in the game, about the political climate, the characters involved and where you can fit in. So stay tuned for that. Or again, get on discord, talk to us, give us a chat. We'll give you all the information that you need at that time. End of the question. Now (laughs) books. Hey, we've got books, book of the damned. (laughs) What is book of the damned? Book of the damned is basically a summary of all of the fluff that you'd find in the uh, Vampire the Masquerade core book. Or better said, take all the fluff out and put in some of the rules, titles, and unique jargon that would be used in like old Argot, as it's called, or common parlance. And those terms are in there too. Right. It's uh, it's stories. It's explanations of positions, of titles, of generations, of the curse of, of Cain, of the Book of Nod, all of those things. I don't know why I said the curse of Cain, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's uh, clearly on the brain. Um Having said that, is this a 144 pages worth of, of book to go out and buy the PDF for? No. 
I don't think so. Uh, what would this be good for? This would be good for a new player who just wants to look over and they don't really care about like how to make a character. They don't care about the stats. Great. Would I suggest buying a PDF version of it? No. If you're a collector and you can find a paper copy of it like we have here, go ahead and buy it. That that would be my suggestion. Discount splat by Bob is Bob is Yanni. <laughs> so that would be my suggestion. Um, it's uh, interesting because it is in the size of the live action books. So it's kind of like a pocket digest, I guess you could say. Originally, it was a $5.95 book. So I think it was kind of one of those things where they're like, hey, make a little make a little bit of extra money, put out something a player can put in their pocket for a quick reference guide. It's seeding. They seeded the world. Right. That's what it is. It's an affordable book to get noticed. So, um, yeah, if you're a collector, find it on eBay or Amazon. Otherwise, I would probably skip the drive through RPG PDF version because you've already read it in the main book. So that's Book of the Damned with a very cool The World of Darkness logo on the front. Clan Book Torador. All right. So Clan Book Torador starts like all other clan books start. It starts with your table of contents and your thank you page and your beautiful black and white artwork. And then it goes right into the introduction story. Introduction story tells the day in the life of a young woman, young vampire, who is working under the good graces of a primogen in Chicago by the name of Annabelle. Good old Annabelle. Annabelle, and as the scene takes place, is entertaining one Portia, who we know is the venture Methuselah Helena, especially if you've been listening to our podcast. The other one is Brett Stryker, the idiot. Now, Brett Stryker is actually the arm candy in this room. He's just there. No one cares what Brett has to say. He has no contribution to art ever. No, Brett Stryker is like a video game character. Like the name and all. I, I, <laughs> we were too, we, in our previous recording, we were talking about like, I, I'm pretty sure he's just a, like a male stripper. Like, I've, I've it, told everybody so far the most dangerous, in my opinion, sex in the game of vampires women. They're the most deadly. They're the ones that have, have toppled organizations. They're the ones that have like, instilled jihad caliber hatreds over usually themes of love or revenge or both mm-hmm. and it's been these poor brett strikers who <laughs> think because they have fangs that they're god's gift and man does a methuselah not give a shit and she's they're both that way right annabelle is known and notorious for throwing these parties all over chicago she has several mansions where they're set up to entertain and showcase artwork and she does it all the time um Previous podcast, we know Annabelle also has a big eyes wide shut hedonism like group amongst the rich 1% that fund her specifically so she can keep going. But her beauty pales to that of Portia, even as Portia is just a club, seemingly well known club going girl who owns part of the popular club Succubus. No, that's uh, Helena. Portia is her chilled. And Helena is the one that's. What am I thinking of? You're you're just you're 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 just you're missing one hump in the. I fucked it up. Yeah, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. But uh, it's it's Portia, who has been sort of serving the needs of her sire from you. a distance, yep. Yep, yep, yep. and now her sire is awake and pretending to be a club chick. My fault. But the point is, is uh, that's uh, it's probably foretelling that stop <laughs> recording at a point, and I will trust your due diligence and magic to help me again. <laughs> But uh, basically, they're there, they're competing, and that's, and that's that, and they move on. Um, 
I'm almost positive I'm right. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so Elytria is the one that you're thinking of. It's not. Uh, I'm correct. No, you're you're totally correct. Yes, you're totally correct. I I I forgot she has two fucking names. How dare and you I was, describe yeah, me? No, no, we're we're all wrong. <laughs> Everything we said so far is wrong. <laughs> Everything is wrong. <laughs> we got it fucked up because the goddamn podcast Things stopped. stopped this recording. Is stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, real. Test. Okay, we'll, we'll, just, <laughs> yeah. we'll just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. so Portia is Helena, right? Portia is Helena, but she's in her guise as the club guard, right? And Brett Stryker's there. She's now dating Brett Stryker socially, mm-hmm. and they point that out. But Annabelle was dating Brett Stryker, so it's a bit too heated. She doesn't want to get in the middle of that, and she's late to the party. So she decides to go about her way because she's here for a showcasing of art. Her rival was just allowed to put her st- his stuff on display. And apparently it's this unique sculpture. He's finally come into his own. And it's a series of his, uh, his skill that he's there to showcase. And she points something out. Torter have this weakness, they all do, where they're able to just dive in a little too far into works of art that capture their eye. Like it's specific to every Torter, but the flaw is the same. They get drawn in and are able to read such detail and feeling from what they're looking at that it's all their focus. But you got to be good. You can't just right. anyone throw something up and it's going to have something. So when she looks at it, she has deep feelings of sorrow, deep feelings of remorse, feelings of feeling confined and trapped. And at a point, she sort of feels sorry for the, her rival because she doesn't feel that way when she makes art. She just makes art. And, you know, it's, she's told it's good. But that's sort of the crux, right? Right. And now she's jealous, and she admits it, that this guy stuff's here, and she actually likes it, so there's that. But then something hits her. It's very familiar to her, too, and she doesn't know why. Then she goes around a gallery, does sees a few more pieces, and it just hits her like a, a hammer right in the head, and that's her sire, who's been missing for quite some time. This is her artwork. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately knows she's talked to Annabelle, She's been missing her sire. She's been looking for her sire. And everyone was afraid that something happened to her. Now here's her stuff. And it's being completely plagiarized. Um, because he's, he's, tra- he's basically throwing it up like he made it. Right, And right. it's bullshit. So she leaves. And it goes on this little, uh, this little uh, excuse me, plot list for her where she has to figure out a way to get Annabelle, who's already pissed at her for being late, to thus see her. So she goes back home, puts in the word that she wants to talk to Annabelle, and she knows good, better, and different, she has to look her very best because she's trying to now play to Annabelle's lust. And Annabelle is a vampire. She doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. She cares about beauty. That's what draws her eye. And she's a hedonist. Makes sense. So she puts on every bit of jewelry she knows Annabelle finds tasteful. There's a bottle of perfume that her sire used to wear that always drew Annabelle's attention. She pulls that out and starts using it. And she never has before. She wears like a specific jewelry piece, I forget what it was, mm-hmm. that only her sire ever wore, and she gets Annabelle's time. And her time is to go where this where her excuse me, her rival is, where he's making this art, and see what's going on. And if memory serves, that's New York. Now why it's important is that New York has always been in contention with the Sabbat at this point. And I believe even at this point, it's at still this point it is a Sabbat, Sabbat city. Yeah. And so she's she's gonna go there. She has to. Right. And so she has to get her permission from her primogen. Hey, you know, I'm gonna be gone for a bit. I'm not gonna tell you why, but da 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 do I got your nod? Fine. Because she looks the part and it's all business. And then it goes through to show you how one would use ghouls to kind of go there in advance and set up your haven like you like and get it set up. And it also, and I actually like that because in the story format 
I don't think a lot of people know when you take a background for retainers or allies or contacts how to appropriately use them. Right. And Clan Tordor wrote the book. Oh yeah, on how absolutely. to use those things. Absolutely. And we're talking in what few four or five pages. It gives you all this enriching content that shows you exactly right. why Clan Tordor is is one of the number one clans. It's basically pointing out key examples of here's here's these things. Yeah, I feel like you really have to. It takes a great deal of effort as a player to recognize, oh, this is what they're doing. Oh, this is what they're doing. And it's all presented to you in a seamless story. Yep. And if you just read it and move on, you're not going to pick up on those key elements. Uh, but then, the you know, the story ends and we'll let you read that, you know, yep. figure out for yourself. But then it just goes right in, man. It doesn't like a lot of times in, in the clan books, it, it'll give you a couple of pages of like, you know, here's a little musing on this clan and here's that basically they give you a paragraph they're like yo check it out this is the this, these are the torador let's give you and why, a history and why i like it maybe it's the the st in me when i read it kind of i do it in the voice of an elder having to take time they have to talk to the young mm-hmm. and they're not being derogatory they're just like yes clan torador all right hellenistic period here you go right and they and they go into it right and you know it's the exact info you need right and it's all pretty much stuff that if you've read one of the clan books already, they 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 already tell you this stuff. But here's why. In this book, and see if you can pick it out. Every other book so far has blamed this clan or that clan for the downfalls of certain cities. Mm-hmm. A couple times it's pointed at Clan Torador. Right. That they're the reason for it, right? And there's a couple and, of and times maybe... in here where they're like, <laughs> yeah, it was us. Right, but mostly, <laughs> most when they go over these cities, they're like, "Yeah, Hellenistic period, and we were there." And well, we may have betrayed the Bruja, um, but you know, they the were Ventru right. and Bruja. I think they were in Vine, and they screwed it up. We were long gone before then; it had nothing to do with us. Right, and then they flat out come in when it comes into the uh, situation in Athens, where they're like, "Yeah, that was us. Um, it was definitely a traitor. Was ours? We don't know the who, but right, someone spilled the beans, and you, yeah, sure. What are right. you gonna do? Right, exactly." And, and and it's snooty and yeah. it's snooty in like you would expect clan. It There's, is it won. is short. It is honestly, I feel like it is done in a way that like history is the past. Yep. And yeah, we'll give it to you brief, but like we're not gonna spend four days talking about Carthage because Carthage is done. <laughs> Carthage is already burned and gone. That's that's over. They they tell you, and I w- I want to make this statement right here. So we get chapter one, and chapter one is like, oh, this is the history of the Torador. It's like three pages, right? Because, yep. like I said, what's done is done. But one thing that is established very early on, and I, I feel like for a lot of people this needs to be mentioned, why are the Torador often overlooked, but they are the, by all accounts, second most powerful clan in the Camarilla? Why is that? And they tell you flat out at the very beginning. They are the one clan that is most like the humans. Yep. They make every effort to live among people. These are not people, these are not uh, vampires or kindred that are necessarily out there causing revolution, but they live among people. So their their cultivation of power among people is what makes them so powerful. So you have to understand, they're also not there to control people. Right. They live amongst the flow. This means they're always current, cutting edge. They know the trends. They are the trend. They're the muse for artists. Right. They are sometimes the artists themselves because they find muses right. until they embrace them. And that's and that's the point. Right. And and because of this, 
when you mentioned that the young Dirty Anarch Revolt rose up and the elders feared the new things that were coming out, the Torter are always that fear. They will always be feared for that because you can get left behind if it wasn't for Clan Torador. Right. And that's their power. Right. It's it's almost an obsessive compulsion to always be finding the new and, you know, changing in a dynamic way, following trends. I look at the Torador clan like I, I would look at Hollywood culture. Look at the culture of, of Hollywood. And I'm not just talking like movie stars, but like, you know, the Kardashians, like th- those those types of things. Like those are people that are powerful and they're wealthy and it's for no very good reason other than they understand how to work within the human system. Right. They understand what people want and they play to that. And, you know, you can say what you want, like, yeah, they're vapid, they're terrible, they're garbage or blah, blah, blah. I agree with you. That doesn't change their ability. That doesn't change what they can do. Why do people care if, you know, this reality TV star started dating some other guy? Because we look at them and that's what we want to be. And that's what the power of the Torador clan is. Now, that's just a very basic description because the Torador can be anything, really. They can, but I think their strongest point is the fact that there's someone you can't be without, yet there's someone you can't control. You can't hold them. They're an ideal. They're, uh, they're an emotional need that fits everyone's niche, but they don't belong to anyone but themselves. Right. And the Camarilla definitely understands that. And I think for the most part, that's why they're the most popularly played clan when you go to any large... Actually, I think any vampire game is bound to be at one or two Torador. Oh, absolutely. They're the beautiful people. They're the ones who are wanted. And that's that's horrible if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like To me, it's the most tragic part about this. And when I read that clan book, I get it. You're so in the know that it's impossible for people not to want you. But the fact is, you don't necessarily want to be wanted. Right. It's going to happen anyway. It's just that you're also a killer. Right. And it's in you to be that way. And how do you maintain... If you're so enthronged and enthralled with humans that you're amongst them, it's your food. Right. How do you not... How do you keep that humanity? Right. Well, and it, it is really... It's a catch-22. It really is a torture of... I have to remain humane. I have to remain appearing to be a human being because my nightly existence depends on these people being ignorant to what I am and surrounding myself with them and having them dote on me so that I can feed off of them to survive. So as far as clans are concerned, the struggle to maintain humanity has to be the deepest with clan Torador. Agreed. Because there, you literally have to have that balancing act between, it's still recording, we're good. You literally have to maintain that balancing act between what you are as a monster and what you portray to the foods you feed off of. Agreed, yep. And they tell you a little bit in the chapter two, which basically we've already been discussing without mentioning it, but they tell you about the different the different cliques, the different concepts within the Torador clan, the artiste, uh, the uh, the double-edged sword of being an artiste. Um, so you have you have your posers, and those are. I don't think we need to go too deep into a poser. I think we know what a poser right, is. A poser and, and from, is a poser. from an artistic concept, you know, when when you're when you're considered a poser, you'd be someone who creates art with no emotion. You'd be like a technical design major. 
You know, there's no right. There's there's there, no inspiration. You, right. You have you have an excellent capability to create art. Clearly, you're skilled. Right. But there so, isn't emotion, and there, so you got half of it. Right. Or alternatively, you're someone who clings on to a culture because oh, that seems cool, but you didn't come by it organically. You went out and you bought your your leather jacket with the spikes already on it. <laughs> you know, you yep. you you went to the to the high end salon to get your purple mohawk feathered and and <laughs> and to look just right. But you didn't go, come home filled with angst, had a six pack of Paps Blue Ribbon, right. sat down, and that went to the guy cutting your hair, right. which is your friend who has a cigarette hanging out the side of his mouth, and he's just gonna just gonna simply razor that shit off the sides. He's not gonna <laughs> right. even angle. He's hoping right. he gets the right amount, and he's gripping tufts of your middle right off the head, just pulling your skin. He's like, it "Looks right, bro." Yeah, man. Right. Fuck it. It doesn't matter because my boss pissed me off today. You know, you're you are. This is probably going to make some people angry. You're you're not you're not Black Flag. You didn't come by your music organically. You were put together by a producer like like uh, maybe some other popular punk band we won't name because I don't want to make people mad. But th- <laughs> th- you know, think of it like that. You're you're the inorganic version. You you're the clinger. You are literally the poser. And then you have the artiste, which is like the direct opposite. You're so wrapped up in your artwork. You're so committed to it that the artiste can't sit still. There's someone that is not in your reality. They're geniuses in what they have. And here's the horrible aspect of it. They're only geniuses while they're geniuses. Right. Because everybody supports them while they're in the muse, while she's in in your bed, giving you all the direction and support you need. The moment you have a lull, the moment you have peaked and you start coming down the plateau, yeah, you're still an artist, but you're not an artiste. Right. Is how that goes down. And, you know, basically you knew what it was like to be number one, but now you're number two. And no one no one really no one really cares. Right. And so it's a lot of ego, but it's ego forever. How can you forever be number one? Right. Exactly. That, that's a hell. Uh they talk about guilds. Here's something that I totally missed. I was not aware that guilds were a thing in the Torador. This is an yep. old concept that had escaped me that essentially all of the political and clan affiliations, the movers and shakers, all belong to a guild. You're not anything in Clan Torador unless you belong to a guild. Because there was always someone who originally started it that did it better than you're doing it now. Right. Or you're somebody who's really good, but you better you better seek the guild. Right. And now they, they talk to the Catch-22 of the Torador clan again. We all belong to a guild, but the guilds really, they don't ever really meet. They don't, you know, we're, we're full of solidarity, but like, not really like we, we don't care, really, right. But we don't care. We don't really care. Like, yeah, we, and what we, you're talking about, they're highlighting a, th- a term of double speak for them. It's everything. I can cut my rival to ribbons right in the middle of Elysium, right in front of the Prince. And only those of sophistication understand what it is. I've said every torter knew what I said, mm-hmm. and I've just decried this person to their face in such a fashion as to lower their station and any harpy worth right. their salt. Definitely is going to point that out. But I did it to where no frenzies happen. Right. Or they shouldn't happen. I could meet a Bruja on a battlefield and slash him with a sword. Or I could meet him on Elysium and slit his throat with my tongue. Exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. And the coolest part about that is it applies in clan as well. Yeah. I can make a big stink and all the drama in the world about a problem. And I'm just being childish. Now I could do that. Or I could just tell people, huh, you're pretty good. Looks like you're doing all right. And right. it's good. Those are all positive things to say, but it's not 
I'm not heaping anything on top of it. And really, I'm expressing to everyone, I don't think you're good. I think you're adequate. It's great for Utility Muffin Labs, where we're consistently adequate, <laughs> but it's not good enough for Clan Torridor. No, no, we, we, we would not fit in Clan Torridor. There's far too much creativity going on there, and we do not advocate that sort of behavior. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then it goes on to talk about beauty. And if you haven't established this already, uh, if you haven't determined this, beauty is very, very important to this clan. Whether it is beauty in physical form, whether it is beauty of art, beauty of music. Beauty of spirit. Beauty of love. Beauty of the fact that you love beauty. Like, one of my favorite concepts is to play someone of Clan Torridor who does not fit the mold. You're not a beautiful person. Not outside. You wouldn't be picked for any model anything. And you're not a really a great talker. Nobody really cares that... A lot of what you have to say is reactionary. You don't, you don't control the talk. You're just in the talk. But you're somebody who's incredibly intelligent, witty, very much a lyricist, very much a poet. And when you put pen to paper, that's when the world shuts up. And they, they want to hear you. You can talk about poetry, but really it's trite. And really why you just talk, you're regurgitating. Odds are, I'm not the poet you think I am. I'm someone who's just seen a lot. And then I have a way of digesting it and then presenting it to you. That's where my genius comes from. But to a torter, I would break your fucking heart just, mm -hmm. just to talk. So when that person is there, that concept is overlooked. So when anybody plays and says, I have to be beautiful to be a torter, you're missing the mark. That's an easy way. Right. If you're good looking of body, often you lack. I'll state this because it's a truth of a stereotype. If someone's beautiful, a lot of people will say, well, they're not going to have a hard time. Life will be pretty easy for them. It's completely not true. For every person, it's unique, but that's the, that's the misnomer, right? That's the appearance to the book right? and the cover. However, you got to read the pages to get what the book's about right? to truly understand it. And the easy way out in Clan Torter is just to play those beautiful monsters, and that's right. it. But to play something in depth to truly shock someone is to play Clan Torter, and you can be beautiful and have depth. Right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is in this clan, you need to make sure you have, if you're beautiful, What's your, what's your skill? Because that better be what sells you. Right. That better be the end-all, be-all. Well, we, we talk about, too, the, the struggle for maintaining humanity. And they talk about the Torador clan and how n the loss of humanity is no more... It's, it's more, much more tragic for Clan Torador than it is for any other clan because they're so wrapped up in humanity, because they're so... They cling so tightly to what makes humans human, whether it's to re-experience those things that they lost or just to keep those ties. When the Torador lose their humanity, think about this. We have people that we've interacted with that we'll say even after five years, they become jaded with this game. You know, we've seen that stuff where they're like, oh yeah, I've seen everything. I know all the roles, blah, blah, blah. Nothing shocking to me. And needless to say, we can usually still find ways to shock them. Right. But imagine how quickly how quickly it is for a human being to get jaded doing the same thing or experiencing the same, you know, experiences year after year. Now take that and multiply it by 200 years. When 200 years ago, things you found beautiful, you've just there you you get nothing out of them. You know, yep. we 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 have heard tales of people like that over the years where, you know, 
like sex addicts they or, or even drug addicts they, they got to try deeper and deeper things to get any kind of uh, uh joy out of it well now apply that to this particular clan whose lifeblood is humanity and see all those experiences the longing that you feel missing a lover or the the extra heartbeat you get looking at a beautiful painting and i've already seen it i'm already done with it <laughs> now i don't really care you're meaningless Jeez. and trite you know musings like i i don't care so now you start to degenerate the degenerate degenerate into this you know deep sort of jaded entity where you no longer <laughs> give a shit and right so now how do you fit in to that culture that is created by the clan and they talk about the the darker side of the clan and you know as we know there are dark sides Always. to clan torridor especially interclan <laughs> you know they they talk about uh the torridor taking a lover right someone you you you're a torridor and you meet someone beautiful and they're exciting and exotic and just infatuated with right. them you're they're everything you want and you obsess over them you provide them food a life they never had you give them a house things cars you're just you're just and you're with them all the time and you know you can't embrace them can't do it you know you can't because if you embrace them it's going to change what they are you sleep with them the first night you'd stop yourself from feeding on them right you want to just make them last and you end up eventually feeding on them slowly, little by little. But then you're also emotionally feeding on them. You're in their life always. They don't remember what they did for work anymore. And slowly you're starting to lose boredom with them because they're getting frustrated with themselves because they've never had time to themselves since they met you to kind of keep you interested in who they are. And slowly it just ends up being a clone of you because they're all about you and everything you do and everything you want. It's the rose-colored glasses taken off of you and put on them. And once that shift happens, you're done. Mm-hmm. They're no longer what was it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we'll uh, move on. Whatever right. century that is, right. whatever whatever month, whatever five minutes ago. Or like, uh, you know, maybe a failing marriage where they try to have a baby to save it. You go, well, maybe I'll embrace them. That'll make that change that we need. And now you just created a rival. That's it. The, the love you had, that thing that existed within you that we've all felt at least once in our lives. It's gone. It's dead. It's like a smashed piece of coal on the ground. My own who hears, the thrill is gone. <laughs> the thrill is gone away. <laughs> but that's how you lose it, you know? Or the alternative, you stay with them forever. You watch them die. Grow old and die. Remembered, what is it, that movie where the, where the devil says, like all true love, it rotted on the vine. <laughs> right? Right. So what are, what are we saying here? If you are a fan of the romantic vampire concept, this is obviously the clan for you. If you want to explore what really kind of makes this game this game, the Torador clan is so much more multifaceted than just, ah, that guy's a painter. Ah, uh, screw him. Yeah, he's a painter. Yeah, he plays piano. Wonder how much he charged me for the duplex. Uh, he, he wears tight pants and he plays piano. <laughs> <laughs> the clan is so much more than that. And we get into chapter three, and chapter three gives you ideas for playing the Torador. Here we get into some some uh, some abilities, some creating art. They give you roles, and it's actually a pretty involved pretty process. In book. Yeah, it's pretty pretty involved, and it's. It's much 
they don't really find a lot of these like uh, multiple table processes in other clan books. Because I kind of feel this one is when they're starting to help you build a kit. Right. Kind of get your feet under you and right. get, get to playing a tortor immediately. And it, and it gives you that. I mean, right. it's really, that's really all I have to say about the section. Mm-hmm. It's pretty unique, but it's going to cover pretty right. much what we're talking about. They, they talk about the double life of a torador. They talk about artiste versus poser. And then they give you disciplines. And like all times when we do reviews, we're not going to read those disciplines because they are no longer pertinent to this but game. But creme de la creme is how to cripple right. somebody with presence. Oh. And I yeah. promise people this, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to highlight to you. The fact that presence is quintessentially the most powerful discipline ever made in Vampire. Think about it. We're going to do a test. Nate, name a discipline you think that everybody takes that's so much more powerful than presence. I don't know, like potence. Okay, that's great. You have potence 10. Right. Here it comes smash my face. Yeah, but also, if you could do me a favor, if you could just hang on right there, and I really don't like how this guy over here is looking at me, could you smash his face instead? Exactly. And you're like, I, yeah, well, I, was, I wasn't coming to smash your face. Fuck him. I'm going to go get him. Right. And that's, I mean, that's that's presence. Presence is one of those things that is so, it can be so subtle or so overwhelming that regardless of how much of an enemy you are of but me. But Nate, at levels one through five, I could just blow a willpower and ignore it. Yeah, maybe if, if you're a douche. I mean, we can just sort of, right. they put that mechanic in there for an extreme. To say that if you were with someone, let's take your example of, I was the chew toy mm-hmm. for the torador who just obsessed on me, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I can't be without him. Maybe, maybe this is the spark we need and embraces me. And she tries for another decade and she never gets that interest again. And I'm like, wow, I'm a vampire mm-hmm. now. This bitch really isn't into me. Mm-hmm. And we go our separate ways, but we're rivals now. Later on down the road, we may want to come to a, to a head to head. And she decides, you know what? I know why you're mad. I got a new boyfriend, but hey, I tell you what, entrancement. We can have what we once had. Just wait your turn, lover. And I'm like, willpower, bitch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm li- that's warranted, right? I'm literally now. There's a scene justified where, nah, right? I've been down this road. You ruined me. I had no family. You killed them all, and you just sucked the very existence from right. me. And you're doing it again in front of me. That warrants the willpower, right? That warrants it. But to a person you ever met that you don't even know like that, right? Who's this beautiful creature, and they hit you with entrancement? Role play that shit out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the key to this, when we talk about, oh, you could blow willpower. This is a role playing game. Yep. This isn't a stats game. We had this conversation last night too, and uh, I won't totally rehash it or talk about the other thing that we were talking about. But this is a game that is story first, stat second, and it's done on, that way on purpose. It's designed for you to make a rich and living character, somebody that has dreams and desires and hopes and inefficiencies and inconsistencies and and fears and self-conscious moments. Right. But you also need stats to like represent who you are, you know, for when you want to like climb a ladder or get in a car like that's what your stats are for. You know, that's what your disciplines are for. As a storyteller, I like I like using presence without ever letting the party know they're even having it used on them. You have to do it that way. It's not even like. That's a tool I use forever. <laughs> right. Because it's boring otherwise. So I'm saying, I'm using entrancement on you. You won't hit me. Way to ruin your own shit. It's it's <laughs> it's great for me too. Like even if you like you're a player, you're playing your Torador and you're you're just schmoozing some guy. And I'm over here rolling dice for you. You don't know. Because how reflexive is it? 
to manipulate someone with your sheer... And now we're to a point. Right. And the fact is, is to this whole entire clan, to Clan Torador especially, really any clan where presence is a mainstay, but specifically to Torador, they are written to where this stuff happens naturally. Organically, they seduce. They don't even try, and it happens. And the more they get better at presence, the more it happens more often. Right. And it just it just draws people to them. And you got to play that. You got to sell it like that to make it more interesting. Right. Now, um, after that, there's a bunch of merits and flaws. So if you're into that sort of thing, check them out. It gives you a lot more ways to sort of flesh out this sort of uh, character concept and things that will help you or hinder you within the dynamic of Clan Torador. But oftentimes we skip the the clan uh, templates. The clan templates. And I am not going to do that this time because this some of the templates in here are the very reason why I was like, man, this game looks badass. I totally want to play it. And I think it's the uh, origin of one particular concept. I was going to say, I know only one reason why you would say that. <laughs> so uh, it shows us uh, like the character concept, the burnout, very much like, you know, the the I used to be real important. We've met burnouts. Yep. We have met burnouts in this in this game and in life. The next one is the comic book celebrity. Let's think back to when we were first playing this game. When did this game come out? This game came out in 93. What else was happening in the 90s? Like Spawn and Image Comics yep, got and guys like Rob Liefeld, you know, the people that the 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 Torador clan will look at with disdain, but this guy's in Levi's commercials. He doesn't give a shit. Right. <laughs> I don't ever have to be on time with my comic books because people are still going to pay three ninety five dollars an issue. So uh, I'm going to stay away from you guys. I'm going to go to the con and sign some autographs, and then I'm going to hop in a limo and go to a bitchin' party, and Eddie Murphy's going to be there. That's this guy right here. Awesome character concept. The next is the cult leader. And also, I feel like we've perhaps what? met this person. The yes, cult leader? The cult leader. But I thought we were talking about Clan Torador. Ah, oratory. Huh? Huh? Yeah. What are we doing now? Yeah. You're listening to it, right? That's what's going <laughs> right, on. Exactly. So the cult leader, Charles Manson was one. It's it's, a, there's a very fine line between charming dude who can get a lot of women to like dote on him and also all of their families as well. Right. Like very fine line. Some guys pick up a guitar and join a band. Some guys pick up a guitar and start a cult. <laughs> this is the cult leader. <laughs> and again, he kind of just looks like somebody we may have met or role played with before. Then we have the horror writer. A little close to home. But yes, that's, that's uh, yes, right? the template is in there. Right. Cool concept. Also, like the just the drawings of these characters, too. I, I just I love the way that they're drawn. They're like all drawn like they came right out of the goth club. Right. Then Every we have the, the idol of millions, like literally what I was talking about earlier, like before the Kardashians, they weren't the first, they won't be the last, but there were people like that for since the uh, origins of Hollywood. So online, the idol of millions was when I was telling you that story mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh man, in this game, some bitch hates me. I was like, yeah, well, we're taking a liberty here. I was asked to tell a story about why. Paint, paint me a story. Tell me of your homeworld, Usul. Right? Little, little type thing. I'm like, fine, I'll tell you about some vampire shit. We'll talk about the Torah. You know, yep. Starlet, Belle of the Ball. The one who's going to walk into a club and everybody has to drink of her. Mm -hmm. She's the most beautiful, most talented, most successful. And she doesn't even have to say it. Right. Everybody wants her at the table. She's making the rounds. That's cool. 
but then there would be one elder that was sitting in the stands who kind of anachronistic, doesn't fit, super hot, just doesn't have any interest. That's who she's interested in. Yep. And she wants to know, well, who the fuck are you looking at? And she looks over her shoulder, and there's plain Jane sitting at the bar having a drink. Attractive enough, but she's not you. And she's thinking, that cunt. you know. And I'm like, well, that's a story. That's an example of what could happen with, with all that person caught was some woman thinks I'm a cunt. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, for fun, I'm like, well, if that got your goat and you're interested, I, I guess I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so who would think that of me? And I'm like, yeah, well. Uh, yeah, this hasn't even started yet. <laughs> yes, I explained to you three times. That's <laughs> okay. We'll let that go. The next one, my personal favorite, the martial artist. Dude. And the very definition. Let's see that. Let's see this glorious picture again. The the it is a picture of a gentleman with a uh, ponytail, and he's wearing a trench coat, and he clearly is wearing a KMFDM T-shirt and combat boots with his jeans tucked into it. And in his description, mm. somewhere he's concealing a martial arts weapon. We don't see it in the picture, but we do see him about to whoop some ass. <laughs> What would you call him? Trench coat ninja? <laughs> or even trench coat samurai. Trench coat samurai. Right. Is you could step it up a notch. His trench coats would have to be closed. Right. It wouldn't be open and wild. And and what is this man's artistic uh uh he's a martial artist. He, he's he is perfection. I don't care about the other Torador, I care about the perfection of, of note, my body and mind. I really think that artist was just thrown in or like Torador because it's artist, but then I'm insulted that a pizza artist isn't in there. Right. Or maybe the often lofted, where's the sandwich artist? It is the only time I've ever seen in print a starting character with five dots in brawl. Where's the sommelier <laughs> template? I'm just, just saying. Fucking off drinking wine somewhere, dude. Well, they call it that person who makes you coffee. They're a... Uh, um, th- th- uh, I call them the person that makes you coffee. I, I just call them Dunkin' Donuts guy because I don't go to Starbucks. Right, I don't, even if you go to Starbucks. Barista. I'm sorry. Barista, that's what it yeah, is. They, the, by the way, they're listening to this, and the whole time there's like five people going, barista, 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 you fucking idiots, barista. <laughs> I have no problem with the job, but I was, I'm laughing that back then it was like, yeah, you just make coffee. It's cool. Right. And it's like. It wasn't a thing. I'm a barista. Yes, you are. Right. Because the, Sure. Yeah, but I still want my coffee. Yeah, could it I get that like it. in like, forty-five seconds? But I want please? it made by you because you're a barista. Right. Don't have that guy starting make my coffee. He's the coffee maker. You're a barista. You know what I mean? I'm right. not. I'm not marginalizing it. Although it seems I am poking fun at the fact right. that a lofty title like martial artist really that's okay. It's art form. You can pursue it. But so is a sandwich right. artist. I, if I kind of feel like it is. It was literally put in here to show you. Hey, we're Tordor. We can be fucking badasses we too. Fight. Look, starting character, five brawl. Hey, can you guess what his uh, disciplines are? They're all celerity. <laughs> Why? Because he's fast as fuck, bro. Yeah. Where's the uh where's the target shooter? Uh I don't I don't know. Sorry, you didn't write the book. No, no, no. I didn't I didn't write the book. No, I'm no, let no. It go. I but, feel everybody knows what I'm talking about. Next we have next we have the outcast, who is basically the Torador Anarch tattoo artist. Fair enough. Right. Right. Yep. Kind of a kind of a cool, kind of a badass concept. Looks very nineties, like maybe a little, I don't know, uh, vanilla icy, but whatever. Vanilla icy. Then then we have the plastic surgeon. That that takes the art of uh, the That's human where body. We lift the needle off the record and inform you. <laughs> Hold that thought. <laughs> plastic surgeon's gonna ring home. 
in the sabbat. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Plastic surgeons are in the sabbat, and they're called tortoranti tribu, where you're an art. They don't have flesh craft, folks. They're not the Zemis. Right. They haven't got some yet, but they have no way of shaping your body like clay. What they use is tools to break your bones, to set them right, to sculpt your flesh how they have to mm-hmm. go. And that person, if they maintained their humanity, might have started out as a plastic surgeon. Right. This particular one, not necessarily written that way. Very much uh, the traditional on, on plastic the surgeon. But yeah. So we didn't get into the Torador Antitribute in here at all. Nope. But they're a whole other set of horrors. They're a whole other ball of cool. And then my uh, my other, my second personal favorite the speed metal guitarist. This is actually my favorite. This, I, I fucking love this character concept. And he is a fucking guitarist. Here's his quote. I'm not a musician. I'm an anarchist and a mental terrorist. I practice what I teach, and I teach the youth to open their eyes and see beyond the intellectual prisons in which their parents force them to live. The kids who listen to my music understand where I'm coming from. It's something they already feel. Something primal. I just show them how to express it. And I burn churches. <laughs> Perhaps that may be. A <laughs> but uh, yeah, the fucking picture. Just the the guy with his hair in his face, carrying his guitar, wearing his trench coat. Uh, also has a lot of celerity, but probably for a different reason. Hey, you got to do speed metal. Yeah, I got to fucking jam. Yeah, it's it's really weird to see these starting characters that have like fours and fives in their abilities. But, hey, man, if you came to me and you were like, dude, I want to play guitarist, and I want to be this badass guitarist, and I tour, and I go around, the, okay, uh, what what's your question? Could I have four in performance? Yes. Sure. <laughs> it's You can't see his voice, but it's like, <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> you said the best to go on tour. We're really not right. having fucking tryouts. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. You are really, really good. And here's the thing. You picked a type of music that no matter how good you are, you're not ever going to be the the uh, the superstar, uh, you know, the the everybody wants you. You just you, you play metal, dude. Like for show. Great. And then for shizzle. I think lastly, we have the televangelist, which I mean, come on. What can't you do with that concept? The, the televangelist you're preaching about Jesus on TV. Jesus loves you. I mean, it's it's more than that, right? I mean, the televangelist, there's a lot going on. It's charisma. Oh, yeah. It's, Most of these templates are talking about the charisma to push forth your ideals in such a way that you're any right. any audience can understand your, your mood and your theme and what you're about. And to a cult few, you're going to get your following, and that's how it goes. And so they, they really do highlight that in this book through all the templates, I feel. Yep. Hey, talk about here, like just in the concept, you have grown, you are a spiritual leech who has grown financially fat off the poor, the old, and the naive. If that doesn't say it, I don't know what does. And then uh, we get a couple of key characters. Um, let you go over those because I don't recall these particular characters ever really coming up again in any of the material. So, um, if there's anyone who listens, who's listening, who knows of these three characters or whatever that come up elsewhere, you'll let us know. We have faith in you. And then there's your character sheets, and that's that. And ours is written in the back. So done. I don't know who who wrote in it, but so what's your thoughts on Clan Book Torador? That's an amazing book. 
I think it's a really well done book that gives you more than a fair amount of insight into how to play a Torador or how not to. So you have a good gauge of, am I hitting the mark? If you look at the book and you feel you're not, maybe you're not. I feel that uh, um, this book is fairly well done, although it does seem a little short to me for some reason. They're and, all shorter. Yeah, and I've kind of noticed that. Like They're all a little bit short. The, I think that the later ones, the revised ones, are a bit longer. Um, but for what what it was at the time, and really getting an insight into the clan, I think it was a great idea. Um, I think it was executed well. And I think if you're if you're a longtime player, but you've never read the original Torador book, it's worth a read. Not for the stats and the disciplines and all that junk, but for the actual meat and potatoes, the content. Yep. Definitely check it out. Maybe it'll help to give you a different perspective on the Torador. I feel like personally, the Torador are one of the most underrated clans. They're ranked very high in the echelons of the Camarilla, but I feel like on a street level, players, it's very rare to hear someone go, yeah, Torador is my favorite clan. Now, I think in the games that we've ran or games that I've played in that you've ran, some of the most riveting scenes, some of the most, uh, like the biggest scenes that have tr- uh, have attracted an outside audience to sit and yep. watch, were all Torador. They were all Torador because I think at the heart of what this game is, is the Torador clan. The fight to, to maintain your humanity, the fight to, uh, you know, s- stop that degradation or degradation, degradation. Also, I think it's also charisma. I mean, just to highlight that to you, I remember, we'll, we'll save it for later time perhaps, but I'll, the story specifics, but there have been countless times I've stopped the crowd playing a character that let me use charisma. Mm-hmm. And it sounds weird to you guys, like, no shit, you talk should have it. I mean, dress for the role and be the role. And when you hit somebody with that, people notice. And right. They, and they want to be a part of it. This clan lets you do that full time. Yep. So, um, yeah, if you can find a paper copy of it, buy it. I definitely would advise picking it up on PDF. Add it to your PDF collection. It's definitely worth having. If you're not familiar with these first-generation books, this is definitely one to get to read to just get an idea, get a different perspective than you might have of the clan during the revised uh, and beyond. Um, other than that, it is what it is. It is what it is. What's next? Please hold. New Orleans by Night. That ought to be fun. Yeah, that could be interesting. It's been a while since I've read that one. Get a little refresher. It's I know it's a little easy. bit, uh, it's definitely a city that's a little bit different than the cities we've encountered already. It's a lot a bit different. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It should be a fun and entertaining read, and um, it's a city book. So it's probably going to be a little bit longer of a podcast just by virtue of content uh, contained within more than anything it's to explain the why's in the house because that book i won't ruin it yeah we'll, we'll just say that i already have a misgiving to it and a positive to it yeah and it'll be worth listening yeah, to. yeah like most things in the you won't got a choice in fact <laughs> <laughs> like most things in the first and second edition there's and, and really all throughout the line it, you know it is what it is there's high points and there's low points and there's things that are like yeah that's awesome and things that well i don't know about that and this uh upcoming book is not going to be any different but New Orleans is steeped in the mysticism of vampires already. So it should definitely be entertaining to see White Wolf's perspective on that uh, that great city. So what do we have? Uh, get to our Discord. We're at Utility Muffin Labs on Discord. If you're not sure what the actual address is, find us on Twitter. We are at uh, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. 
You can find us on Facebook, utilitymuffinlabs.com. You can find us on Twitter, Utility Muffin Labs. You can find us anywhere Utility Muffin Labs are sold. We have t-shirts. Check them out. Many of them are offensive. You may like that. Uh, <laughs> we have another podcast. It's called Nerd Words. If you haven't started listening to it, you should. It's also fair. Adequate <laughs> is what he meant. Consistently <laughs> adequate. It is consistently adequate. I'm not going to say it's great, but it's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our a little bit wacky and slightly off-kilter podcast today uh until next week i am nathan and i am bob uh...